Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to PGN Prophetic Grace Network. This is your Book of Revelation Research Scientist. Today is Sunday, February 11th of 2024. We're talking about the Book of Revelation. This program on PGN is Secrets Revealed. Understand the Book of Revelation from start to finish. In Jeremiah 33.3, there's the instruction to call out to me. Uh, it says, call out to God. God promises to show us great and mighty secrets that we do not know. That is my favorite scripture in the entire Bible. Let me say uh, the scripture directly. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. So that's been my prayer for many years. And my my follow-up to God keeping his promise to me personally is to share with you, to share with you as a truth seeker what God has revealed about the book of Revelation. There's secrets in the book of Revelation. It's the final work. It's the pinnacle product in the word of God. Uh, I heard... You've probably heard this many times. Many times, I've heard the Bible referred to as basic instructions before leaving Earth. And so, this is the the final set of instructions. The Book of Revelation. In it, there are there are reports from John the Revelator, and what happened is he was called up to heaven that's reported in revelation chapter four and when he was called up to heaven he was supernaturally transported there as described in revelation chapter one once he got there an angel assigned by jesus christ an angel began to show john the revelator documentaries so what do i mean by that as john stood in heaven he began to see moving pictures with sound they were referred to as visions they didn't have the language of a movie at that time and we can be even more specific because he wasn't watching a movie that reflects fictitious events He was watching a movie that reflects actual realities, soon coming realities, important realities, realities about the end of the age, the second coming of Jesus Christ, preceded by the great tribulation and followed by the seven final plagues, 
the Battle of Armageddon and the establishment of the government of Jesus Christ on this present earth, which will continue when we transition on the new earth to come. So John the Revelator was shown documentaries. In Revelation chapter 1, in his first supernatural encounter associated with the book of Revelation, Jesus Christ gave him an assignment, instructed him to write down those things that are and the things to come. So in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, John the Revelator wrote down the things that are the information, uh, words of praise, words of criticism, specific prophetic words that Jesus Christ had about the things that are relative to that point in time. So he did that, John the Revelator. We see him uh, completing his assignment, chapters 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation, seven letters to seven churches. And then... In Revelation chapter 4, he tells us about how he he gives us the background on how he sees and comes to know the things to come, the things that are impacting you and me as individuals living in the end times. So Revelation chapter 4, he gives us the background. That was his second visitation. Um, The first time Jesus Christ visits him on the present earth, the second time he visits uh, heaven. He hears the voice of Jesus Christ and then he visits heaven to watch these documentaries. Now he was shown one documentary after another, kind of like you're watching a movie-thon, right? If you're if you're like me and there's something that you really enjoy, you don't mind binge-watching it. Maybe you watch episode one, then episode two, then episode three, then episode four. Perhaps sometimes the episodes overlap. Well, in the book of Revelation, John's writing down what he saw and heard with these documentaries. So he didn't make us uh, a recording that he can text to us as an attachment or upload to YouTube so we can watch what he watched. He didn't have the benefit of today's technology, so he had to write down everything he heard and saw in these documentaries. And uh, he watched documentary number one, then documentary number two, then documentary number three. So these are all episodes in what we call the revelation of Jesus Christ, the uh, unveiling of Jesus Christ to the entire world. So when he gets to episode number eight, so documentary number eight, that's the one we're talking about today. That's the purple and scarlet prophecy. So where where are we in terms of chronological time? So this is, after the signing of the confirmation of the covenant, after uh, the third temple has been rebuilt on the Temple Mount in Israel, this is after 42 months of great tribulation negatively impacting all who were team Jesus, after the resurrection 
positively impacting everyone who's team Jesus, everyone who's team Jesus, meeting Jesus Christ in the clouds, having transitioned to an immortal body, a peak performance body. This is after... This is after the wrath of God negatively impacting those who are team Satan on this present earth. After they have experienced plague number one, plague number two, plague number three, plague number four, plague number five, plague number six. So the seven plagues documentary, that's documentary number seven. Now when the seventh and final plague is poured out, there's a great earthquake, greater than any earthquake that has ever happened since human beings have been on the earth, according to Revelation chapter 16. One of the things that happens when the seventh plague is poured out, so believers, we, are, we have risen up to meet Jesus Christ in the clouds. We've put on immortality. Uh, we've participated in the marriage of the Lamb. We're in heaven as the angels pour out the seven final plagues. I believe Revelation chapter 15 reveals that. Uh, so the seventh final plague has been poured out. The earthquake has happened. What else happens in that timing when the seventh final plague is poured out? Babylon. Babylon, which is a woman and a city, Babylon is destroyed. Babylon is destroyed because of its connection to the harlot church. The harlot church is clothed in purple and scarlet. So here we are, documentary number eight, something mentioned very briefly at the end of the seven plagues documentary, we could also refer to that as the seven plagues prophecy, something mentioned very briefly at the end of the seven plagues documentary is explained in great detail in the purple and scarlet documentary. So again, in a nutshell, and we're going to go to it the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy, Revelation chapters 17, chapters 18, as well as verses 1 to 5 of chapter 19. What is this documentary? It's the full explanation. It's the full explanation of the destruction of the woman, which is a city, the city is referred to as Babylon. It's noted that it's the city of seven hills, which today we know, and it's been referred to for thousands of years as Rome. It's the city that's the headquarters for the one world religion promoted by the one world religion promoted by the false prophet, the false prophet presides over the harlot church, which is clothed in purple and scarlet linen. In other words, the leaders, the leaders of this church, 
who submit to the false prophet, they are clothed in purple and scarlet. And they will report to a headquarters for the one world religion promoted by the false prophet who will work in tandem with the Antichrist. They will report to headquarters, which is Babylon. Okay. Let us go to the purple and scarlet prophecy. Here we are, Revelation chapter 17. Let's go to verses 3, verses 3 to... 13. And just by way of background, verses 3 to 13, this is the beginning of the uh, the purple and scarlet prophecy. Just by way of background, let's, let me share verse 18. It says, And this woman you saw in your vision represents the great city that rules over the kings of the world. So this prophecy has a lot of layers. This documentary, we can use those words interchangeably. So John the Revelator watched a documentary when he wrote down everything he saw and heard. We now refer to it as a prophecy. So it was a documentary about the future, and this documentary was created by an omniscient God, and an angel was tasked by Jesus to show it to John the Revelator. So he's watching this, and at the end of Verse 17, it says, And this woman you saw in your vision represents the great city that rules over the kings of the world. I pulled that out before we go to the beginning of the prophecy because we need to remember there's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of metaphors in here, but the metaphors are defined. Many of them are defined for us if we know where to look. So we just heard the woman we're going to hear about represents a great city that rules over the kings of the world. And it says, the waters, verse 15, the waters where the prostitute is ruling. Let me back up for a second. So this woman, which is a city, it's the headquarters for the one world religion. Um, this woman is identified as a prostitute, a prostitute because... Uh, what she does is she gives her affection. She is intimate, sharing her her uh, mind, will, and emotions. She gives her heart, her mind, will, and emotions over to a false god instead of the god who created all men and women. So it says in verse 15, the waters where the prostitute, talking about this city, is ruling represents masses of people of every nation and language. Now notice it says the prostitute is ruling masses of people of every nation and language. So this is not today. This is during the Great Tribulation. So during the Great Tribulation, which is 42 months, three and a half years, there will be an antichrist that's the mouthpiece for a ten-nation alliance, essentially a one-world government government that dominates economic and political affairs. And in tandem with that ten-nation alliance mentioned in Revelation chapter 13, 
Not only will there be a one world government, there'll be a one world religion. So this prophecy is talking about the one world religion. How do we know it? It says again in Revelation 15, Then the angel said to me, the waters where the prostitute is ruling represents masses of people of every nation and language. So it's not just some nations. Some people might say, well, I think it's going to be Middle Eastern nations, or I think that's going to be primarily in uh, Saudi Arabia or Iran. No, it's going to be everywhere. The mark of the beast is going to be available everywhere. The false prophet is going to be performing miracles that are shown everywhere. People are going to be deceived everywhere. So it says right here, uh, the masses of people of every nation and language. So this is definitely relevant uh, for us. Then it says in verse 16, the scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. So the scarlet beast, and his ten horns. The scarlet beast is the Antichrist, and as mentioned in Revelation chapter 13, as well as the book of Daniel, there will be ten nations that are independently not mega powers, but they will form a ten-nation alliance. This is the iron mingled with clay mentioned in the book of Daniel, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream, iron mingled with clay and ten toes, ten kings, also referred to as ten horns. Okay, the scarlet beast and his ten horns. So these ten kings... Leaders of the ten nations, the one world government, the new world order during the Great Tribulation, they're going to make the Antichrist their leader. So what definitions are we going into this prophecy knowing? The scarlet beast is the Antichrist. Ten horns represent the ten kings that lead uh, the ten nations in the initial ten-nation alliance. The woman is... A city. I'm telling you that that city is a city of seven hills, uh, Rome, but let's just say for now it's a city, but we'll look at that scripture. And uh, we also learned that waters represent people of every nation and language. Okay, so we pulled that information from Revelation 17, 15, and 18. Now let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the beginning. We're going to hear this prophecy with those four definitions clear, clear definitions of metaphors used in the book of Revelation uh, in this prophecy that will help us to unlock its secrets and to be able to keep up, to keep up with the many layers. You know, sometimes you watch a movie and it's fast moving. Uh, In one minute, Decades can be covered using images and sound. Well, that's the same thing that we see in these documentaries in the book of Revelation. So let's begin. Revelation 17, verse 1, it says, One of the seven angels who had poured out the seven bowls came over and spoke to me. So this is John the Revelator uh, reporting to us. Then he says, Come with me, he said. And I will show you the judgment 
that is going to come on the great prostitute who rules over many waters. Let's pause there. So the angel starts off by saying, John, come on here with me. I'm about to show you the judgment that's going to come on the city, the headquarters for the one world religion who's ruling over people in every nation. Then the angel continues in verse 2 and says, the kings of the world have committed adultery with her. Let's pause there. What is adultery? So that means that they have, they have, uh, they have engaged in, they have cheated on God. So being, being with God, worshiping God, giving oneself to God, uh, that's what we are supposed to do. But if someone is cheating on God, instead of giving God only his affections or only her affections, her heart, her soul, his heart, his soul, if a person is not doing that, if the person is also giving themselves to uh, astrology or palmistry or a false religion, perhaps it's ancestor worship or nature worship or fill in the blank, any of these uh, things that are not in alignment with Bible-based teaching. If an individual is doing that, an individual is committing adultery. So this is revealing to us that the leaders in the Ten Nation Alliance, um, excuse me, the leaders of nations across the world, because this is talking about all the kings, they are going to get into agreement with this one world religion. They're going to promote it. You may have heard me share this example before. Some time ago I was uh, watching a television program, this was last year, and a young lady was giving her testimony, and she said she had all kinds of problems because in her family's history, and her family was from Haiti, there were people who had practiced the national religion of Haiti. And then she said that the national religion of Haiti is voodoo. Now, I don't know the details about uh how religion works in Haiti and if it is or isn't the national religion. My point is to communicate. She said that the national religion of Haiti, and her whole family is Haitian, she's Haitian, she loves Haitian culture, very proud of her Haitian identity, but reported that the national religion was voodoo and that had created all kinds of problems for her. And she shared how she had been delivered. But the take-home point for us is that it's possible for a nation to to uh, make a national religion for itself. Many of the Muslim countries have made Islam their national religion. Now, if you live in the United States of America or you live in Canada, you live in many Western countries, that sounds foreign to us, the idea that the government could uh, make a national religion that everyone's supposed to uh, be a part of. It just seems so foreign to us, but this is telling us that the kings of the world have committed adultery with her, they are going to make, they are going to make the false Christianity, the harlot church, they're going to make that uh, the religion 
of uh, their nations. Then it says, after the kings of the world have committed adultery with her, and the people who belong to this world have been made drunk by the wine of her immorality. People are going to like this one world religion. They are going to like this one world religion. Why are they going to like it? It's going to allow people to stay in their false religion and refuse to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the only mediator between man and God the Father. So the one world religion is going to use its mother religion, that's the religion where the leaders wear purple and scarlet, where their leader is the false prophet, and their headquarters is the city of Seven Hills, Rome. That's going to be the mother of all the religions, and they're going to create some kind of document that communicates that these other religions are now being subsumed under the mother religion, the false Christianity, the harlot church. So people are going to love that. They, they're now going to say that they're all worshiping the same God, which is code for Satan. They're all worshiping the same false God. And when they say they're all worshiping the same God, they're not referring to God the Father whose son is Jesus Christ. They're referring to Satan, the father of all lies. And it says, and the people who belong to this world, let me share another secret with you. In the book of Revelation, people are divided into two categories people who belong to this world and people whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So whenever it says people who belong to this world, it's telling us that it's talking about people whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, people who fail to participate in the first resurrection, people who will participate in the second resurrection, and people who will participate in the great white throne judgment described in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 15. So it says, The kings of the world have committed adultery with her, and the people who belong to this world have been made drunk by the wine of her immorality. Verse 3 says, So the angel took me in the spirit into the wilderness. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, Let's pause there. So this city, this city is sitting on the Antichrist. So there, the beast, depending on the adjective, right, so depending on the word that modifies um, or the word phrase that modifies that the noun, which is beast, that's going to tell us whether we're talking about the Antichrist the false prophet, Satan, or the Ten Nation Alliance. Here it says a scarlet beast. This is the Antichrist. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast. So the city is going to sit on the Antichrist. And it says on a scarlet beast that had seven heads and ten horns. And blasphemies against God were written all over it. Uh, what's all over it? The Scarlet Beast. So the Scarlet Beast, the Antichrist, and the Ten Kings, they have blasphemies against God written all over them. 
Then it says the woman, talking about the city, the headquarters for the Harlot Church, the woman wore purple and scarlet clothing. So we're going to hear all kinds of reports about the characteristics of this woman so that those who have an ear to hear will know, will not be in the dark, we will know who the woman is, we will know what city this is talking about. It says the woman wore purple and scarlet clothing. So in this city, it's characterized by individuals who wear purple and scarlet. And beautiful jewelry made of gold and precious gems and pearls. In her hand, she held a gold goblet full of obscenities and impurities of her immorality. A mysterious name was written on her forehead, Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes. So the religion promoted by this particular city, which is Rome, that religion is a prostitute. But not only is it a prostitute, it's the mother of all prostitutes. So this religion, in the future, it's going to allow other false religions to come up under it, and they're going to get into agreement that they are all worshiping the same God, uh, which is the Antichrist and, by extension, Satan. Okay. The woman wore purple and scarlet clothing and beautiful jewelry made of gold and precious gems and purple, gold and precious gems and pearls. In her hand, she held a gold goblet full of obscenities and the impurities of her immorality. A mysterious name was written on her forehead, Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. So you know that Babylon the Great... Uh, it's not in operation right now. You might say, well, what do you mean? It's it's not in full force because it's not the mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. We don't have a one-world religion where there's uh, there are two choices. Either a person is a part of this one-world religion or the person is a Christian. We're not at that reality today. We have people who are... Uh, People who are uh, Christians, people who are Catholics, people who are Mormons, people who are Muslims, people who practice Buddhism, people who practice Islam. So there are many, 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 many religions. But during the Great Tribulation, there's going to be a one world religion. All of the false religions are going to come together and sticking out, sticking out like a beautiful flower to us and like a sore thumb to them is going to be true Christianity. So this is Christianity that is Bible-based where individuals acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life and that no man comes to the Father except through Jesus that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and resurrected three days later. 
And Jesus Christ is the only mediator between God and man. Then verse 6 says, I could see that she was drunk, talking about this city, drunk with the blood of God's holy people who were witnesses for Jesus. I stared at her in complete amazement. Now you might say, how is it that a church can be drunk with the blood of God's holy people? Well, there's a false church. There's a false church. Remember, the false prophet presides over the false church. A false Christianity, the harlot church. Verse 7, continuing, says, Why are you so amazed? The angel asked. I will tell you the mystery of this woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns on which she sits. The beast you saw was once alive, but isn't now, and yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit. So what beast is that? So what's the phrase that modifies uh, the noun, which is beast? It says, uh, he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. Well, that secret is revealed in Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 and 2 in a Millennial Reign documentary. That beast is Satan. Okay, so what does that mean for us here in a purple and scarlet prophecy? So the city, the city is the woman. And we're talking about the mystery of this city, the headquarters for the harlot church, and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns on which she sits. The beast is Satan. Then it says, And the people who belong to this world, whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made, will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died. Now, when are people going to be amazed? at the reappearance of Satan. It's not today. It's going to be after the Battle of Armageddon, after the establishment of the government of Jesus Christ on this present earth, after Satan is bound in a bottomless pit. He's going to be there for a thousand years, but then he'll be released. So there will be people whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, they will have maybe heard of Satan, but not that no one has seen will have seen him for a thousand years. So there's gonna be uh, a very different reality for the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ because Satan's gonna be bound. So they're gonna be amazed. Okay, so uh then it tells us in verse 9, this calls for a mind with understanding. The seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules. This is an important secret. So the seven heads of the beast are used to represent the seven hills where the woman rules. If you type into any search engine and you look in any encyclopedia, the city of seven hills, this is the location where the woman rules. And so notice it says, the seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where. So where refers to a location, a place. And we know that the woman is a city. 
So this is a place, and we're told that seven hills, the woman rules where there are seven hills. The city of seven hills, I think you know what it is, it is Rome. Then it says, talking about the seven heads, they also represent seven kings. Five kings have already fallen. The sixth now reigns, and the seventh is yet to come, but his reign will be brief. The scarlet beast that was, but is no longer, so now we're talking about a different beast. The scarlet beast is the Antichrist. How do we know it's the Antichrist? Here in verse 11 says, the scarlet beast that was, but is no longer, is the eighth king. Now, how are they saying the scarlet beast that was, but is no longer? So remember... These documentaries reflect the future. So in chronological time, the Antichrist is not destroyed until after the Battle of Armageddon is fought and won. So it says the scarlet beast that was but is no longer. So at a certain point in time, the Antichrist will be no longer. And it says, the scarlet beast that was but is no longer is the eighth king. He is like the other seven, and he too is headed for destruction. So see, it says he too is headed for destruction. When does he head to destruction? Destruction, uh, that word in the book of Revelation always refers to when an individual or entity is thrown into the lake of fire, Gehenna. He's thrown into the lake of fire after the battle of Armageddon is fought and won. Revelation chapter 19, verses uh, 20 and 21. uh, Verses 19 and 20. Revelation chapter 19, verses 19 and 20. Then it says, um, the ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. So remember, There are ten kings, and each of these kings will rule over one of the ten nations in the ten-nation alliance. These are the ten toes in Nebuchadnezzar's giant statue dream in Revelation, uh, in Daniel, in the book of Daniel. And so these ten kings are going to give the Antichrist their power, as noted in Revelation chapter 13. He's going to become the mouthpiece for this ten-nation alliance, the New World Order. It says, The ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment. What's one brief moment? Forty-two months. Three and a half years. So they're going to be in power. The Great Tribulation is that long. Now, these nations, uh, many, if not all of them, already exist today. Uh, We can see a description of four of the nations in Daniel Uh, the book of Daniel, chapter 7, relative to eternity, they're going to be in power for a very short amount of time. Okay. Uh, It says, they will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast. So these uh, presidents, leaders, prime ministers, whatever their titles are, They'll be in power for a brief moment. They will all agree to give him their power and authority. Who are they giving their power and authority to? To the scarlet beast who is the Antichrist. Together they will go to war against the lamb. Now in verse 14 it's telling us 
ultimately what's going to happen with these folks is they're going to go to war with Jesus Christ. We know that the war with Jesus Christ that involves the Antichrist and these kings, as well as the false prophet, that that is the Battle of Armageddon. So the Battle of Armageddon is mentioned briefly here in the Purple and Scarlet documentary, but it's explained in great detail in the Marriage Supper prophecy, Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 to 21. In the same way that now we're looking in great detail at the destruction of the headquarters of the Harlot Church, but it was only mentioned briefly at the end of the Seven Plagues documentary. Okay. It says, together they will go to war against the Lamb, talking about the Ten Kings and the Antichrist, but the Lamb will defeat them. That's right. Jesus Christ will defeat them because he is Lord of all lords and King of all kings, and his called and chosen and faithful ones will be with him. Now, what does that mean? His called and chosen and faithful ones will be with him. You might have heard me say earlier that after the Great Tribulation is the first resurrection, when we meet Jesus Christ in the clouds, I believe that Revelation chapter 15 reveals that we continue to ascend with Jesus Christ and we go to heaven for some length of time. Is that one day? Is it a week? Is it 30 days? I don't see where that's revealed in the book of Revelation, although maybe it's there and I have yet to perceive it. We ascend to meet Jesus Christ in the clouds, uh, participating in the first resurrection. We continue to, uh, with Jesus, on to heaven. The angels leave heaven and pour out the seven final plagues on this earth. Many things happen, including the destruction of the headquarters of the Harlot Church. Then, now here we are at the then, we come back with Jesus Christ and we watch Jesus Christ and the armies of heaven fight and win the Battle of Armageddon. Now, how do we know that? It says, together they will go to war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will defeat them. And it says, at, uh, to add on to that, and his called and chosen and faithful ones will be with him. With him when? When he defeats them, when does he defeat them? At the Battle of Armageddon. Who are the called and chosen and faithful ones? That's you and me, friend and truth seeker. That's every person whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Okay, let's continue. Verse 15 says, Then the angel said to me, The waters where the prostitute is ruling represents masses of people of every nation and language. The scarlet beast, and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. Now, this is very interesting. The scarlet beast and the ten kings all hate the prostitute. So the prostitute is the headquarters for the one world religion, the harlot church, the false Christianity. It says, they will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. Now, you might say, if the Antichrist and the false prophet work in tandem together to achieve the aims of Satan, why does the Antichrist hate the headquarters for the harlot church? This city, as revealed in Revelation 18, is going to be the economic power.
powerhouse of the entire earth. Now think about think about what would happen, what will happen when there's one world religion and every person who wants to bless God with his or her wealth sends money to that one world religion. It's going to become very wealthy extremely fast. Extremely fast is going to become exceedingly wealthy. Okay. It says, the scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. So what's the Antichrist and the uh, kings, the leaders of the Ten Nation Alliance, the New World Order, what are they going to do to Rome? It says, they will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. They're going to burn that city to the ground. They're going to burn Rome down to the ground. And let's hear why. Verse 17 says, for God has put a plan into their minds, a plan that will carry out his purposes. Don't you know, God can use those who are for him and those who are against him. God can cause anyone to carry out his plans and purposes. And it says here, for God has put a plan into their minds, a plan that will carry out his purposes. What are his purposes? To burn the headquarters, the woman, the prostitute, the mother of all prostitutes, to burn her remains with fire. That's God's plan. And they're going to carry it out. Who? The Antichrist and the ten kings, leaders of the New World Order. It says they will agree to give their authority to the scarlet beast, that's the Antichrist, and so the words of God will be fulfilled. Then it ends with, and this woman you saw in your vision represents the great city that rules over the kings of the world. So due to its economic dominance and due to the fact that it is the headquarters for the one world religion, the one world religion presided over by the false prophet. This is going to be a great city, and it's going to rule over the kings of the world, telling these kings that how they need to have their people all take the mark of the beast so that they can buy and sell in the economy of the new world order. So how will how will the headquarters rule over uh the kings of the world because the false prophet is the individual is the individual who will commission the statue of the antichrist referred to in Revelation chapter 13 and he is the one who will uh the one who will assert that every person needs to take the mark of the beast either on the individual's forehead or hand. So that will be the mechanism to facilitate an individual's participation in the one world religion, taking that mark of the beast. Now, when you take the mark of the beast, I believe, I don't see this in this prophecy, so I'm speculating here. I don't see that in this particular prophecy, but I believe that taking the mark of the beast causes one to transition from 
human DNA, which can be cured by the blood of Jesus. All the DNA errors can be eradicated with the blood of Jesus. But taking the mark of the beast, I believe that that transitions one from having human DNA to having beast DNA. Beast DNA. Do you want to be a beast? Now, I could ask you if you want to be a cat or a dog or something like that. I hope the answer would be no. I hope the answer would be no. But what I'm asking you is do you want to be a beast? Satan is a beast. He's referred to as a beast, the beast that comes out of the bottomless pit and his Antichrist and false prophet, they are also beasts. The Antichrist is a scarlet beast. The false prophet is referred to in Revelation chapter 13 as another beast. You don't want the beast DNA. You don't want Satan's DNA commingling with yours because the blood of Jesus does not cure the beast DNA. You cannot transition to immortality in other words you can't transition to a perfect body a body that will equip you to live forever three in one body spirit and soul without getting gray hair without getting uh uh tooth uh, tooth decay tooth erosion uh vision problems back pain mental uh mental illness physiological illness all that stuff's going to be a thing of the past once we participate in the first resurrection, your body's going to be perfect. You haven't played your best basketball game. You haven't sung your best song. You haven't written your best poem. You haven't generated your best equation because you don't have your best brain yet. Now, I believe you can increase in brain power. You can increase in physical wellness, the things that you can do, but none of that is going to match the perfect that you achieve through Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross, and your agreement with God, evidenced by your going to mediation, allowing Jesus Christ to be your mediator through the gift that Jesus gives you of eternal life, you're going to put on your immortal, incorruptible, perfected, glorified, peak performance body that's free of DNA errors, it's going to be amazing. You want the DNA of Jesus Christ, not the DNA of Satan. You do not want the beast DNA because every person and every entity that has the beast DNA is going with the beast to destruction. Every person who has the DNA of Jesus Christ is going with Jesus Christ to the new earth. So either you're going to destruction and you're going to live in Gehenna, that's the lake of fire forever and ever, where people are tormented, or you're going to go to the new earth where you can live in a perfect body, a peak performance body, a forever body that can never, ever die, those are the only two options. There's no option C. This is not a multiple choice test. 
is not a multiple choice test. Uh, It's true or false. It's true or false. So, you know, I, I perceive multiple choice as there are at least three options. True or false means either the answer to the question is true or false. So either you're going to participate, you're going to participate on Team Jesus, which means you're going to practice the true religion. You're going to make Jesus Christ Lord of your life after you have repented of your sins, and you're going to follow Jesus You're going to follow him for all of your life straight to the resurrection where you're going to transition from mortality to immortality. Then you're going to follow him to heaven. Then you're going to come back with him and and watch the battle of Armageddon be fought and won. Then you're going to get your assignment in the government of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're going to be president. Maybe you're going to be mayor. Maybe you're going to be governor. Maybe you're going to be, I don't know what your role is going to be uh, on this present earth after Jesus establishes his government, but I know one thing, every person whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life is promised that he or she is going to rule and reign with Jesus Christ. How are you going to do that? You're going to have a position, an assignment, a role, a job, and it's going to be the perfect job for you. One of the things that I feel really frustrated about is I I really have to seek the Lord, hear from God, figure out, Lord, what exactly do you want me to do? What job this, what job that? It's very challenging to figure that all out. Sometimes uh, I'm very clear. Other times I I really have to uh, stay in in prayer, and um, it could take a long time to hear from God. When Jesus Christ returns, he's going to be here. We can go see him. We can go see him. He he can contact us and visit us. We'll be 100% clear on what our assignment is. You're not going to have to wonder, well, what job should I do? Should I should I obtain this degree? Should I move here or there? All that's going to be known. All that's going to be known during the millennial reign. Now, let's go back to true and false. True and false. Those are the only options. Everyone who chooses to be on Team Satan, in other words, if they fail to accept the invitation to get on the roster of Team Jesus, if they fail to accept the opportunity, the invitation to do that, then they stay on Team Satan. When we're born, we're born into sin due to the actions of our forefathers and foremothers and the earth is under a curse you know the earth is under a curse when you see the the beautiful flowers die when you see uh, a wonderful animal that's done no wrong uh, experience death when you see we can keep going on like that the earth is under a curse but we're transitioning to a new earth everyone who's team satan they don't get to go It's not a everybody wins, everybody gets a trophy. It's not going to be kumbaya. It's not going to be kumbaya. Don't, you know, Kenneth Hagin used to say, um, don't shoot me down when I'm preaching good. (laughs) Now, listen, I'm telling you what the Bible says. We're not going to have a kumbaya moment. Jesus Christ is coming to wage a righteous war. 
Revelation chapter 19 says, and he's coming with a two-edged sword. That sword is going to extend from his mouth, and 100% of his enemies there at the Battle of Armageddon, 100% of his enemies are going to die by his sword. Whose sword? God's sword. Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. A hundred percent of his enemies are going to die. He's not going to hold hands with his enemies and sing kumbaya. He's going to take out his enemies. And it says in Revelation 14 that the blood is going to flow for 180 miles, and it will be as high as a horse's bridle. And once he takes out his enemies, then he's going to establish his government on this earth for a thousand years. At the end of the thousand years, all who are children of Satan, they get to go before God the Father and have their case heard. But none of those cases is a success. God wins every case. He is the prosecutor. He's the judge. The evidence is presented. And when that evidence is presented, it damns 100% of those individuals that are there. Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 15, the dead judge prophecy, they're not going to have a kumbaya moment. There's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Listen, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father except through him. That is true. If you believe that is true, follow Jesus. Make sure your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's option A. Option B, reject Jesus Christ. How do you reject Jesus? You choose to worship nature. You choose to uh, visit the psychics. You choose to practice astrology. You choose to uh, allow deities, which are really demons, to possess you. You give offerings and do animal sacrifices to ancestors or false gods or both. You practice a religion in which individuals fail to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. All of that is option B, all of it and any of it. If you are engaged in any of that, I'm begging you, I'm begging you to pursue God like you've never pursued God. Pursue, say, God, I'm desperate to know what is true. You know, the Bible says, when you seek me with all your heart and soul, you will find me. Don't casually think about God. Don't be casual with your life. God is your life. You need a God who's going to destroy death. And the only God who promises to destroy death and to give you eternal life in a physical body on a tangible earth is Jesus Christ. You want to know the God that hates your enemy and who is your enemy. Your enemy is not Joe Biden. Your enemy is not Donald Trump. Your enemy is not the police. Your enemy is Satan. Your enemy is death. Death is your enemy. Death is your enemy. You can live the most amazing life 
But without Jesus, it's coming to an end. With Jesus, you can get your life back and better than you ever had it and have it forever and ever. Who cares if you celebrate a 100 years when a 100 years is a finite period of time? I don't think it's especially exciting to get to age 100. I'm thinking about a number like this, 100 trillion. How about that? Don't sell yourself short. In Jeremiah, it says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to give you hope and a future. Do you want a future where you have a perfect body, a perfect brain, perfect vision, where you're with all of your family and loved ones, the entire family of God, and not only with the entire family of God, but with God the Father and in his form, God the Son, all of us together on a new earth. What's going to be on the new earth? The New Earth documentary, Revelation 21, as well as verses 1 to 5 of 22, reveals that on the new earth there's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more grief, no more mourning, no more tears, no more death. Because Jesus Christ is going to destroy death at the end of the thousand years of his government on this present earth after he returns. He's taken out three, the last three enemies. Of the five, the first two are the Antichrist and the false prophet. They go first. A thousand years later, Satan's destroyed. Then all of the children of Satan are destroyed. And then finally, death and the grave. Death is destroyed. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26 says, And the last enemy he destroys will be death. John the Revelator saw it. He saw Jesus Christ destroy death. It's already happened in the future. Every prophecy in the book of Revelation is genuine and true and sure to come to pass. It says that in Revelation 22, verse 6. He's already seen it. It's coming. You don't want to select option B. Now, you have a choice. I'm not the boss of you. I'm not the boss of you. Your your wife's not the boss of you. Your husband's not the boss of you. No one is the boss of you. You've got to decide. You get to decide. You get to decide. Do you want to select option A, Team Jesus, that's what is true, or do you want to select option B, Team Satan, that's what is false? Now, if you think Satan is going to make you a prince, in his amazing kingdom, you're deceived because he's going straight to Gehenna. He's going to hell where he's going to be tormented with fire and brimstone forever and ever. There's no party. You're not going to rock out to Aerosmith in hell drinking beer and eating wings. It's not going to happen. The lake of fire, there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth and torment. You're not going to be empowered in hell. You're not going to be free of anything. You're going to be trapped and tormented. That's the reality of everyone who chooses option B. Now, 
I was in charge of things, I would be talking to you about, you know, kumbaya, uh, hugs, maybe unicorns, uh, you know, things that are, are comforting and easy and, you know, uh, I'd create something that lines up with uh, what people of this world want to hear. But I'm not in charge of it. God is in charge. God is in charge, so I'm not going to align with what the people of this world want to hear. You know, those are the thoughts that come most easily to mind. No, I'm going to go to the Word of God, renew my mind, find out what is true, and align with the plans, the purposes, and the will of God. His plan and his will, which will be carried out, is to rid the earth of every evil thing and to transition to a new earth where there's no curse so that we can live in peace and prosperity with him forever and ever. You're going to see the face of God if you pick option A. Revelation chapter 22, verses 3, 4, and 5, you're going to see the face of God. He's going to put his mark on your forehead. That's the real mark. You don't want the fake mark of the beast. Now you have the beast DNA instead of the DNA of your father, Jesus Christ. You don't want the beast DNA. The beast, all the people with beast DNA are going to hell. You want the Jesus DNA. That qualifies you to be here on this present earth during the millennial reign and to be on the new earth to come. Well, I hope that I haven't offended you. If I have, would you consider giving me a pass? If I have, I'm sorry. And I'm asking you to consider giving me a pass. And let me tell you, I'm reading straight from the Bible. I'm reading from the Bible and I'm communicating what is written in the Bible because I believe that the Bible is the infallible word of God. It says in John, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. What's the word? That's the Bible. You might say, no, I don't believe it because man wrote the Bible. All scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible tells us. What does that mean? That means that the Holy Spirit impressed upon men the words that he wanted them to write down. Now, if I told you that John Lennon had a supernatural experience where the Holy Spirit gave him the words to the hit song yesterday, you believe that. And, in fact, that's true. That is true. You may, have, you may know that John Lennon, he went to bed at night, and he had an experience in the dream. He heard the song from beginning to end. He jumped up out of his dream, went to the keyboard to get that thing out as soon as he possibly could. Now, if we can believe John Lennon, and I believe him, he wrote that hit song yesterday is exactly the way he reported it. Um, if we can believe John Lennon to have a supernatural experience where he gets a song, we can believe that God would communicate supernaturally about something even more important, eternal life, 
with men who are just like John Lennon, regular folks. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to pursue God passionately. Passionately. What do I mean? Pursue the truth passionately. If if you're agnostic, what does that mean? You say, well, I'm not sure if we can really know. I'm not sure if we can really know whether God exists or doesn't exist. In fact, maybe you say or think, I don't think we can really know that. Maybe you think, I don't know if we can really know whether God uh, exists or not. If If that's your thought at this time, I encourage you, I urge you to seek God with all your heart and soul. Because he says, he promises in the Bible, when you do that, he says, you will find him. So you will find him. If you have not found him, God is not a liar. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. If you have not found him, that means you have yet to pursue him with all your heart and your soul. You might say that's not true. God is not a man that he should lie. You can say it very simply. You can say, God, I'm desperate to know if you're real. God, I need to know what is true. He will answer you. He will answer you. Now, the Bible says that every human being is either a child of God or a child of Satan, and that anyone who doesn't have the Son, talking about Jesus Christ, doesn't have the Father. What does it mean? If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you do not yet have a relationship with his Father, God. Don't be mad at me for sharing with you what is written in the Bible. If you do not have the Son, then you don't have the Father. You might say, well, that's not true because and you have a list of 10, 18, or maybe 129 things. I don't decide the rules. God decides the rules. Now, don't think you're going to strong-arm God into changing the Bible to reflect what you think it should be. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. If you think you're going to change what is true about the nature of God, you're in deception. I'm not going to change what's in the Bible. You're not going to change it. The Bible is the infallible word of God. And if you don't have the Son, you don't have the Father. Now, I've shared a lot today. I've shared it because I believe that you have a heart for truth. I believe you want to know what is true. I believe you hate a lie. If you are a truth seeker, PGN, PGN ought to be your home church. I really believe that. PGN ought to be your home church if you're really a truth seeker. Now, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord about how to spend your time, but 
You can't wait till Sunday to get the word of God in you because the problems are waiting on you Tuesday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday afternoon. You need to connect to the word of God, the ministry of God every day. You can do it through uh, worship songs, through programs like this, attending your local church, reading your Bible. This is one way, an incredibly powerful way, I believe, to connect to the ministry of God Participating in PGN, you can listen. This program is on every Sunday, 12 noon Texas time, 7 p.m. Texas time on Thursdays. And Monday through Thursday at 7 p.m. Texas time, we usually have uh, PGN hosts ministering to uh, people of God and truth seekers. Sometimes that's the same group. Sometimes there's some truth seekers who are not yet uh Not yet saved, but if you're really a truth seeker, I believe you're on your way. I believe you're on your way. Uh, The main PGM program, Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. Texas time. I encourage you to listen. Prophet Randy Chandler is on Monday through Thursday. Usually about uh, starts at 9 p.m. Texas time and goes to somewhere between 11 and uh, midnight. I want to thank you for being with me and with us. I want to let you know you can see the one-page basic study notes for today's teaching. You can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash live prophetic, blogtalkradio.com forward slash live prophetic. There the one-page basic study notes await you. You can get those at any time. You can listen to this program during the live Internet broadcast. You can also uh, go to the archives. You can also go to Apple Podcasts and download from there. So excited about uh, what we are doing uh, here on PGN and what is happening with this program. We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about the Battle of Armageddon in March. So this month, every program is focused on the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy. In March, we're going to be talking about the Battle of Armageddon. So I encourage you to be with us as often as you can. These documentaries, these prophecies have many layers. The the more that you hear them discussed, the more opportunities you have to get this key information encoded into your long-term memory so that you can retrieve on demand the secrets in the book of Revelation. So super excited about that. Thank you for your time and attention to what we are talking about. I never, ever take for granted your time. I I value your time and uh, always seek to make this a meaningful meaningful time of learning, a meaningful time of uh, revelation for you as a truth seeker. As we are ending, I want to uh, pray over you according to Revelation chapter 1. I declare and decree according to the word of God that you are blessed because you heard the words of prophecy written in the book of Revelation and you will obey the instructions in the book of Revelation. And if you haven't done so yet, I urge you today to call out to God according to Jeremiah 33.3. He promises to show you great 
and mighty secrets that you do not know. Until next time, friend, God bless you. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.